If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What is up, you ducks? It's all in football. Actually, with a duck shirt. We'll get to that in a second. In the FTN Network, check out Jeff and all the good stuff over at FTN. 20% off with code all in, all capitals for you over there. Speaking of all capitals, theathletic.com slash bets TV, all capitals. We're already rolling out draft kit stuff because we had a magazine this year. So stuff is coming out early. I did fantasy football 101, but essentially goes to. 401 that's the as high a classes went right jeff the fours does it go did anything in undergrad yeah oh so yeah undergrad so well then i'll say you could go to 501 because there's some graduate level stuff in there to try to help you out with trades setups all that type of stuff over there but as crazy as this might sound jeff i'm assuming you've been on vacations this was the first vacation i've taken in my life that's not an exaggeration it's not hyperbole i've never been on a true vacation the only time i've been out of the united states was to toronto and that doesn't really count Went to Puerto Rico with the girlfriend, which that's why I'm wearing this shirt. This is from her Duck Fire Department. It's actually on backwards. It's, this is like the back because the front doesn't really show anything. And I, well, that's why she got it for me because it's a duck from Duck County walking on a firelight. This is the greatest shirt ever. But anyway, went to Puerto Rico, Jeff. I feel like it's been weeks, but then I also feel like it was time flew by. Does that make sense vacation wise? For you? Like, I feel like I haven't done work. I haven't seen you. I haven't done anything in like a month, but at the same time, it felt like, wow, I can't believe that went by so fast. I mean, I think that's a metaphor for like life, Jake, but uh, <laughs> I can already, I can already tell that people on Twitter are going to want to correct you because they're going to do the, well, actually you didn't really leave the United leave States. The United States. <laughs> Guys, it's awesome when you correct everybody on Twitter. It's just, just keep going. <laughs> but no, that sounds awesome. I've actually never been to Puerto Rico. My wife and I did just go to Mexico right after the NFL draft. And you need that charge of the batteries because it's about to get crazy here as we head into July. Yeah, it really was. It uh, It is amazing. I will say Puerto Rico. The uh, So Joel Pinero, the former pitcher, friends of Nando, he's the one that gave us a ton of recommendations. We did the rainforest. We did the zip line, which 90 miles an hour. I took some video of that. I'm going to post that at some point. Yeah, that, that was insane. We did all the good stuff. We checked out Marchiquita. All this. The only thing we missed was the bioluminescence. Oh, we did boating to go snorkeling. You could actually, we found the snorkeling, which you can do. There's a lot of tours, but this one actually lets you take your own little boat and you drive in a line, which, by the way, the worst part about that is people don't know how to drive a boat. 
oh my god i wanted to like run these people over it was the most aggro because you're supposed to stay in a line and the lady goes like this when you're supposed to speed up because the faster you get to the your checkpoints the more checkpoints you can see and the more time you can spend snorkeling and stuff and they, they keep hitting the throttle up and down and i'm like oh my god i just wanted to like go past all but anyway outside of that amazing trip the roads though it makes you appreciate even the worst roads you've seen in the united states because there are potholes that just shoot out of the blue feet deep like i'm not like like a foot deep it's ridiculous down there otherwise beautiful a lot of fun yeah it's awesome mexico man. the same Similar? uh well i mean i was at i was in a pool with a swim-up bar and didn't have <laughs> okay. to pay for any of my meals because i already prepaid you know all inclusive it is all weird inclusive. going from all inclusive you know, I was at a couple of restaurants recently, been traveling, did the Detroit FSGA conference, was in Chicago the last time I was on the show with you, in fact. And like I go to a restaurant, it's like weird to have to pay. You know, it's like, oh, wait. Oh, yes, I have to do that here. <laughs> I'm used to just showing up and give me a mimosa and then I'm going to I'm going to eat and then I'm out of here. <laughs> You're going to get arrested in Mexico for skipping out on a check. This is what everybody turned into, tuned in for is uh, travel. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. But no, we are going to, hey, travel the NFL world again. How about that? We're doing the roulette wheel again, Jeff. We're going to spin things around, see how it is. However, as last time, there is one little bit of news that we do need to talk about. Rob Gronkowski's retirement question mark, second retirement question mark. I think this one's more official, especially because he already knows Tom is coming back and has known for some time. When I did my projections, Jeff, I did them without Rob Gronkowski. And if you look at the depth chart currently for the Buccaneers, Cameron Brake checked in as a low end tight end one. Is it Cameron Brake time finally, or are we going to fall down and get tricked again? And this just isn't settled anyway. Well, I, I think it's a more complex question than just, is it Cameron Brake time? Like is Cameron Brake the number one tight end for this team? Yeah, but all right, you know, back end tight end one with that sort of numbers. I'm, I'm actually looking up what, what we have right now. And and I did the same thing. And I mean, my projections are somewhat robust for him. But but even so, is Cameron Bray much more than the 50 catch guy, right? Is Cameron Bray much more right. than a 540 yard guy? Is Cameron Bray much more than a six touchdown guy? Those numbers, as That's we've talked about on this show many times before, that's back-end tight end one numbers. But you know what that is? It's six good weeks of fantasy, like very good, like top five even, and then 11 weeks of this guy sucks, Cameron Braid isn't getting it done, he's the worst <laughs> tight end ever, should I drop him? I'm going to drop him. I hate him. I'm going to drop him. That's what we sign up for. Like he's he's a catch and fall down tight end. He's not he's not George Kittle gonna break off a long reception. Kyle Pitts, uh, he's not a super high volume guy like Zach Ertz. He's... Cameron Bray, and there's other targets in that offense, and I think that you know the overreaction right now is excessive. And I also should say, Kate Otten, Jake, in my pre-draft comps, I had Cameron Bray as my comp. It's not a replacement for Gronk because you don't replace Gronk. It's a replacement for Cameron Bray, who has been on this team since 2014, who is 31 years old, and you get a guy in now as a rookie who ha has a couple years to develop, hopefully, and then he can be that guy, hopefully, for you for the long term in this offense. Yeah, I'm with you. If Otten was 100% and there weren't health questions, I think he would have been possibly the number two tight end off the board uh, in the NFL draft. I'm with you. I like him a lot. It's funny you threw out those numbers, but this is why, you know, Jeff knows exactly what he's doing. That's why we do this. I have him for 62 receptions, 639 yards, and six touchdowns, which yeah. checks in at tight end number 12. So there you go. Jeff, you ready to spin the wheel? Yeah, let's see. Do we it. start off with. I don't know if we can have. Have we mentioned anybody offhand? So, oh, I forgot to turn down the brightness. Well, we just mentioned the Bucks. So, well, yeah, that doesn't really count though. Yeah, so like Raiders. We're starting off with Raiders. Uh, this this is a fun team. This is a fun team because Devontae Adams is in there. Let's start with the Devontae Adams trade because there's a lot of debate out there of is Devontae Adams going to be able to replicate the Packers? Is he going to see a severe downtick because of the touchdown efficiency with Aaron Rodgers and the target, you know, numbers being what they were? But then there's the flip side of, well, Derek Carr just threw for 4,800 yards. Like, let's not forget what Derek Carr has done. But so it's kind of you're going from 
high touchdowns with low 4,000 yards to high 4,000 yards with low touchdowns because what did he throw, 23 last year, 22, 23, somewhere around there? Hmm. So the question remains, Jeff, is Devontae Adams still in Tier 1 of fantasy football or is he now down into Tier 2? Well, where do you divide Tier 2? Do you divide Tier 2 as in this year not um, a first-round pick because he's right on the edge of that, right? We're going to see Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. And I should say not necessarily in that order because I just saw a draft where Jamar Chase was the top receiver taken. Uh, <laughs> Sirius XM, we did that at the uh, wow. at the FSGA. It went Chase, Jefferson, and then a pick, and then Scott Engel, who was uh, your former uh, – a colleague there took uh, Cooper Cup just like a gimme putt. Like, oh, okay, I'll oh, that's take the him. one he was talking about where he got him at like eight or yeah, something he got like him that. At eight, he got him at eight. Yep, <laughs> it was a fourteen teamer, so I understand why still. the team who took Jamar Chase wanted to make a splash. But still, it is exactly right. But Adams is right on the cusp. So if you want to draw that tier line as these guys are it, and then you have this next group who could very well still be elite, but isn't quite in that first round conversation, then yeah, sure, I, I'm with that. We also can't forget touchdown pro, uh, touchdown production aside, these two had 38 touchdowns, touchdown connections in two years at Fresno State. I mean, massive touchdown production there. So I'm not overly concerned. In fact, I love it when people want to overreact because heck, if I'm in the early second round, I grab one of those late round, uh, late first round running backs in the first round. And then I get a crack at Devontae Adams if I'm at the 2-2 or the 2-3. I mean, give me that all day long. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. So the question now is Renfro and Waller. Like, we're, we're not going to see Darren Waller get back to being, quote-unquote, Darren Waller from two years ago if Hunter Renfro doesn't take at least a slight tip, tick back. If Hunter Renfro is going to be last year or even take a tick forward with Adams, then Waller's going to be more like last year. So... Who are you more on being able to repeat success, Renfro or Waller? Because as I said, like the, just the numbers don't lie out there to be able to have all three of them be their bests. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you'd have to figure probably around, you know, at a bare minimum, 150 targets for Adams. But to be yeah. fair, this is not a team that's going to throw the ball 500 times. You, you know, even though coaching regime change, all of that, there's still going to be a team that likely gets around six or north of 600 passing attempts. So there is a lot of meat on the bone. But if I was inclined to say who's more likely, I would say Waller still because of the the mismatch. We should, though, note that the slot um, position in a Josh McDaniels offense is a pretty darn important position. So Renfro will still get his. It's just from a ceiling standpoint, a lot of that dink and dunk. Sure, you could have 90 catches, but you could have 850 yards whereas waller still has that major juice that constant mismatch and that juice after catch you know sort of the opposite of what we were just talking about with cameron Brait. so i'd be more inclined there but jake i keep seeing him go too early for my liking so i i usually am not on on waller and the ceiling for renfro i'm usually not on him where he's going as well yeah i think that's the biggest thing and you can see it parse down to those three and then everybody's share that's left over whether you know it's robinson hollands if keelan cole makes the roster foster like just their pie is only 25 percent combined i mean that yeah. that's happened on certain teams but just the likelihood i'm more with you in the renfro seeing them being in that like 80 catch range versus last year which as you mentioned means probably in the 800s of yards so somewhat touchdown reliance so let's talk about the backfield then because I think I brought this up to either you, I think it was you, but it was either you or Beanie. It was during the draft time, and we are talking about Zamir White and whether we thought anything of Zamir White because you talk about a new regime, you talk about the failed, like John Gruden seemed to be the one that really wanted to make Kenyon Drake a thing. And then we even saw like once he left, he kind of stopped being as involved, injuries on top of it. But I say that to say we know Josh Jacobs is the lead. We know Josh Jacobs is going to be Josh Jacobs. So if we're looking for that, 12th 13th round dart throw is has has the has the position moved is it not drake anymore and we should be taking that flyer and zamir white or do you think there's still something left with the veteran i think if anything zamir white's a handcuff but i just i can't handcuff like the number 22 running back it just that doesn't really <laughs> compute to me 
Um, you know, we're going to see, we know what to see out of this backfield. Yeah. You know, a lot of people will say, Oh, Bill Belichick's the running backs aren't predictable. No, they're not. They're extraordinarily predictable. What is unpredictable is game script. And then how he's going to ultimately deploy based on game script. But we know he has early down runners, right? And so we're going to see that here, Josh Jacobs, and then Zamir White. We have passing down backs. Okay. Kenyon Drake. And right now, Amir Abdullah are the two passing down backs heading in and they're not all going to make the team, but that's what we have right now. And there's always a jack of all trades, you know, whether it's a Rex Burkhead or the classic jack of all trades is on Bolden. this roster, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Bolden. Bolden. It's it's easy. What's hard is predicting game script, but I think that we'll initially see a Jacobs early down Canyon Drake satellite back uh, rotation with Zamir White as the primary cuff uh, to Josh Jacobs. All right. Anything left? Depart- oh. Derek Carr. Yeah. In, in or out on Derek Carr? I think that's the easiest question there. I, I am, you know, so I have dubbed it the basic bro approach in two <laughs> quarterbacks, uh, super flex leagues. So I typically will wait until about 10 to 12 quarterbacks are drafted. And then I want to draft two safe options. I will not draft Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tunga Vailoa in a two quarterback or super flex league, but I will be all over the basic bro approach of Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. If I can get that in every draft, nobody is going <laughs> to ooh and ah, nobody's going to nice pick bro me, but I'm going to be just fine at the position as opposed to those very volatile guys. Whereas, you know, in one quarterback leagues, yeah, late round, I like Derek Carr as a safe option, and then I will take a swing on trey lance or justin fields or whoever's there for upside car is going to be fine he's this generation's philip rivers and then getting this receiver in there in particular does help the cause that's so funny i said the exact same thing about the philip rivers and it's funny i'm looking right now so my tier of these quarterbacks lawrence Carr, lance fields cousins Tua, like it's just those guys actually yep. Tannehill too like it's just all of them yeah, like, he's right a basic bro as well he, he's yeah he's in that group matt ryan would be the fourth of the basic bros there was a basic that's, bro number boy band that's it right there. I don't know which one of those guys have the frosted tips, but you know that's our basic row boy band. Hmm. I think it would be Carr because he's got the eyeliner. Yeah, or, he does have the guy eyeliner. Like... Yeah. Uh, I actually knew somebody who did that back with the 2000s emo pop rock. Oh. Yeah, that whole what do we got here? Panthers. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. We both had different reactions. I'm uh because of the quarterback figuring that out. Christian McCaffrey, quick version. Christian McCaffrey, the second pick off the board for you, or is it somebody else? It's debatable. I'm not going to okay. talk anybody out of it. Uh, I think, you know, players who could go in that in that two spot, Cooper Cup, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Austin Eckler. I even think it wouldn't be that, like, outlandish if somebody said, oh, I'm just going to take Derek Henry. Nah, or Najee so, Harris. Or Najee Harris, sure. Um, okay. you know, there's nobody on that. I, I, people can talk about Mateo Durant all they want. There's nobody backing him up right now. <laughs> I, know. I came back from Puerto Rico and I'm like, what, the, what Mateo Durant dropped like 15 rounds while I was in Puerto Rico. <laughs> he's, um, he's not big. I mean, he's very athletic. He had a heck of a pro day, but yes. he is not yes. big. So I can't see how he would be the backup. I mean, maybe a no, complimentary I the, piece. The, I, yeah, I mean, maybe the, maybe he's you. impressed. Who knows? But he's not big enough to to carry the ball twenty plus times a game. That's for sure. No, but I mean, and his competition is Benny Snell, so I, yeah. I think that's big a bigger part of it. So, all right, let's talk about the more confusing situation. And we, as of today, it is Sam Darnold as of today. But let's just say whether it's Darnold, whether it's Corral, whether it's a trade for Baker Mayfield, like. Is this wide receiver crew right now and probably even going forward, DJ Moore and blah? Like, we're hoping for a Robbie Anderson resurgence, but we still have Terrence Marshall, who was very gifted, but very raw. And there was plenty of reports that he was struggling at several moments last year in deep into the season. So are we messing with anything else? And should we mess with anything else is the bigger question. Yeah, I think I, the, all the reports to Corral are not favorable. I mean, it's, it's going <laughs> to happen when you have a kid coming out of that type of offense into a pro-style offense. It's just a huge He was supposed to be curve. Mac Jones, Jeff. Come on. Like, come on. Like, he was supposed to be amazing and ready to start from day one. I don't know. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> maybe we'll give him a pass on that one. Um, my, my good friend Jonathan Jones, who – JJ got himself a promotion, by the way, at CBS. I know a lot of people saw that. But uh, Jonathan Jones continues to say that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is very much in play as well. So it, it could okay. be Baker. It could be Garoppolo. 
I would love it if it was Baker or Garoppolo because that would really help the cause. I just don't buy Sam Darnold as as anything more than a decent backup. And decent backups, you need them, but decent backups will continue to uh, depress fantasy value for DJ Moore, who has had an awesome three years, except from a touchdown standpoint. So yep. what I'm doing is this. I'm taking the discount on DJ Moore. I'm not even thinking about Robbie, or is it Robbie? Is it Robbie or is it Robbie? R-O-B-B-Y or R-O-B-B-I-E? So I brought this up on the athletic show. <laughs> I always go to the main team, the te- carolinapanthers.com. So seattleseahawks.com. No periods in DK on the Seahawks website. It's yeah. I-E on the Panthers website. I go by the website. Oh, AJ no, Dillon has I-E. I'm, I'm I'm poking fun that he literally changed his name from Robbie to Robbie. Uh, I know this is like, like, <laughs> at gonna least you could have done like D Eskridge and went from Dwayne to D and like at least c- completely changed it. Or you could have like done D strange Gordon in baseball. He went from D Gordon and added strange, strange hyphen. So he's strange Gordon now. I don't know what to do with that one. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if it was misspelled the whole time and he just finally got around to correcting people, but you know, he's not a factor. The, there have been positive reports about Terrace Marshall, but I take those, very lightly in June, you know, it's like, it's like the Carson Wentz thing. Like Carson Wentz is amazing. He's a leader. He's doing great. He's doing great. These are all, they feel like they're planted in the media so that like you could boost his ego. Right. And I don't know if that's the case with Rob, with uh, Terrace Marshall right now, but you know, I'll believe it when I see it, I'm holding him in dynasty, but yeah, DJ Moore is really the only option. I love that people are down on him too. You know, if, if he's there, like wide receiver 17, 18 on the board, I'll take him all day long. Cause I definitely am ranked higher than that. See, the funny thing is, is I was just about to say, I have him at 18, and I've pretty much had him at 18 every single year, but I'm saying that, like, it's not disrespect. It's just that he's going to finish right in there, and if you're talking about the wide receivers from about 14, 15, 16 down to 27, like, that's the one I would probably, like, uh, the highest confidence in being right there inside the top 20 is DJ Moore. He's going to be there, and you mentioned the only difference is if you all of a sudden have somebody who knew through the touchdowns to him, he would be a top He'd actually probably be a wide receiver one in like that 10, 11, 12 range. Uh, And then, so tight ends, we're kind of, we're out on this team, right? Like I would love to see, I I love some Tommy Tremble, but (laughs) remember Ian Thomas for the past two or three years and then Tremble gets it. Like, I just feel like it's a void on this team. Tommy Tremble is going to score a touchdown one week. He's going to be, everybody's like number two tight end pickup for the week and all the way over wire columns. Here's a little compare it, Jeff. This is the Cleveland Browns in the NFC at the tight end position. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not good. <laughs> See? See? Too many, like, oh, they have upside guys that, like, oh. just can't clear out. There's too many of them. Yeah. We got to get a better team here. Well, it wasn't the worst team, but maybe let's see if we can. I wonder if the Buccaneers are going to show. Oh, I saw them go by, so it's not the Buccaneers. Falcons. This is like wonderful dredge of <laughs> Is this the draft before. order next year? What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I mean, we haven't got the Texans yet, so not, not necessarily. All right. This one could be pretty quick, I think. Look, we know Kyle Pitts, Drake London, walking into a great situation. We covered that on the rookie show. We don't need to go too much further into Drake London. So it just comes down to what else is left here. You have Tyler Algier in the backfield, Damian Williams. There's been talk that Algier could take over by the middle of the season. There's talk that it could be week one. But the talk that I want to ask you, Jeff, is does it even matter? Like, does it even matter if somebody distanced themselves unless it comes down to it's only Damian Williams and Cordero Patterson or it's only Algier and Cordero Patterson? Like, if it's three guys, do we even care? Well, I don't think it's going to be three guys. You know, okay. I, I, Damian Williams is like Marlon Mack. I have no idea why. Maybe he has dirt on everybody out there, or maybe ever, I'm just being <laughs> trolled. I don't know why everybody likes him. I have no idea. None whatsoever. Damian Williams, even when he was a, a you know at the quality part of his career, wasn't a high volume producer. So I have no clue. Cordero Patterson is awesome. And, you know, I, I enjoy Cordero Patterson, one of the best special teamers I've ever seen, right? Awesome season last year, but he's not a 15-carry-a-game guy. He's, you know, no. really you want him to be ideally maybe a five- or six-carry-a-game guy, but it's probably going to be more like eight to ten. Well, they're not running the ball just ten times. So where do the other 15 to 20 carries go? I, I don't need an abacus to figure this out. 
And this is a kid in Algier who can certainly handle that workload. But, you know, like any rookie running back, we say this every year and collective amnesia sets in and everybody forgets it every year. Give it time. It's not going to happen in September for every running back. It's not going to happen in October for every rookie running back. But the guys, the cream that rises November, December, every year we see it. And there are one or two or three running backs out of the rookie class who take off down the stretch. And Algier very well could be one of those guys from a volume standpoint. Maybe not the most efficient, but could be ultimately an RB2 down the stretch. Sure. And you're not going to draft him there. You're going to draft him like the 40th running back off the board. He might even be somebody that somebody else drafts and gives up in week three because they give up too quickly. Yeah. And then you go scoop him up. Let's not forget what you just said, Jeff. Jonathan Taylor wasn't – Cam Akers weren't broken free, especially Cam Akers, but Jonathan Taylor wasn't broken free right out of the gate either. Like we – you know, it's not even the best of the best sometimes. Miles Sanders. Uh, I call – you know, what I call it, Jake, though, what you just said is I call that a Jeremy Hill. I won multiple leagues that year because multiple people drafted Jeremy Hill, got frustrated after three weeks, dropped him, and I scooped his rear end up, and he was an absolute monster – over the second half of the season. Like this is annual and yet annually people forget that this happens and they listen to beat writers saying that incumbent fill in the blank, who is a Jag is, is a top the depth chart. Of course he is. He's a veteran. This kid's a rookie who's just done OTAs in mini camp. Like he's done nothing yet. Of course the veterans first on the depth chart for right now, of course he'll probably get a little bit more work. David Johnson, was a classic example, and he actually yes. had a pretty good veteran in front of him and Chris Johnson, and that all-or-nothing documentary, Bruce Arians said it. Now, of course, the documentary comes out way after the season, but he was talking to another coach, and he said, oh, he's going to be a three-down guy for us later in the season. Like, said it. These guys know this is going to happen. We should know it's going to happen as well. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Couldn't agree with you more. Oh, by the way, I think we said it on our cliche rundown, but just in case we didn't with the running with the ones, I saw a lot of that when uh-huh. I got back from Puerto Rico too. I was like, oh, what a surprise. They're being evaluated to see if they can play with the ones. What a shocker. Let's see who we get coming up we, next. We didn't talk about the quarterback situation. I mean, we should say at do, least Do we need to? Desmond Ritter could start it from the gate. Um, well, here's the only reason why I'm going to bring it up. Okay. Anybody who's considering drafting Marcus Mariota as your third quarterback in a two-quarterback super flex should reconsider that and maybe consider Ritter, especially if your yes. two starters okay. are yes. later bye week guys. Absolutely. 100%. Okay, yes. that that I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, because uh, and I, I, this is one of the ones where there's like, oh, wow, Ritter is so impressive right now that we can see – that one I actually believe. And I think I said it to, this is another one I think I said to you, Jeff, is that we were having this discussion and people were talking about the safest, consistent quarterback in the draft class. And people were saying, is Kenny Pickett? And we sat here and said, the safest, most consistent was Desmond Ritter. Like the most consistent quarterback play in college was Desmond Ritter. And people were like, oh, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett had one year that eclipsed his four combined. So I'm with you on Ritter. I am skipping that team. I should have deleted it. <laughs> I'm not. We'll come back to that Washington team at some point. They've got other issues right now. So we'll, we'll save them for another day uh, and move on from them, similar to another team we moved on from last week. Ravens. Ravens. A lot of injuries coming back from Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. They don't have their number one Marquise Brown anymore because they traded him. Lots going on. I like this. This is a lot going on with this team. Let's start with, you know, we keep doing quarterbacks at the end. I'm going to start with quarterbacks, Jeff. 
right now could change the fantasy industry as you and I talk about every single year. You'll see helium kind of float people up because all of us start talking about guys that we talk about them being undervalued, that at some point they go from undervalued to being overvalued. But as of right now, if you're going to give me Lamar Jackson as the sixth, seventh, eighth quarterback off the board, yes, that still means like sixth roundish. I am taking all the Lamar Jackson all of the time, everywhere I can, and I'm not even drafting a second quarterback. If you draft a quarterback that early, yeah, I, I agree. There's no such thing as a backup in fantasy. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the concept of that just it kind of melts my brain a little bit to even think. So I think we have to pivot away from just thinking about that in general. If you're going to draft two quarterbacks, you have to do so with intention. And the intention I usually have is a late round. I want to try to hit a home run like I did with Lamar Jackson and a lot of us did with Lamar Jackson in 2019. But I also want to cover my rear end in case I strike out like I did with Daniel Jones the following year. Um, you know, you have to at least make sure that you're not completely shot in the foot at quarterback. So then, you know, you're going to work the waiver wire. You want to try to find the next Justin Herbert in his rookie season. But if you draft Lamar, yeah, of course, you don't need a second quarterback. That was your plan. <laughs> your plan is now executed. I don't know if he gets there. That's the problem. I don't know if he gets the sixth round in home leagues. Home leagues aren't as quarterback crazy as they once were, That's you know, true. a decade ago, but they do go a little bit earlier still. And, you know, it depends. It depends on whose rankings. Cause I haven't ranked at four, Jake. Like they have, if they're using my rankings, what? he's probably going to go before round six. Oh, what do you have? Mer- you have him ahead of you have him at two, two, two. three, two. You have him ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Why do you hate Patrick Mahomes? I, I really hate Patrick. You know where I have Patrick Mahomes? Oh, no. Five? Yep. Oh. I hate, I hate Patrick you hate Mahomes. Him. You, hate him. you know why? It's because he put ketchup on steak. If you put ketchup on steak, you're not Ooh. allowed to be a top three quarterback. He ordered it well done, though, to his credit. <laughs> Did he really? I don't know. I feel like okay. That's the only reason why you would, right? <laughs> there's no, there's no, like, there's no. You're like, did he really? <laughs> That's like the worst thing like ever. Here, I'll cut my shoe up for you, Pat. You can cut, you can eat that too and put some ketchup on it. Uh, no, actually, I actually go Allen, Lamar Jackson, Hertz, Herbert, Mahomes. You're really bullish on Hertz. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have him at seven. I'm not saying it's like crazy, but. That's and I know why you explained it the last I think our yeah, last episode right yeah, yeah we did the projects Eagles. out and I get that I totally do especially with the addition of AJ Brown I guess you know maybe my rankings are more risk averse I mean I have the same guys just slightly different orders yeah. Mahomes at two Herbert at three Lamar at four I do have Kyler at five because if if he stays healthy he's unbelievable there's no question about it I think. My little hesitation with Kyler is what happens until Hopkins gets back. That That's my, my concern, too, because it's a different game for him that he seemed to play. But we haven't hit the Cardinals. They're coming at some point. Yeah. Ravens for now. Let's move to the backfield. We've kind of touched on this on other episodes, but my opinion is that the Raven. You always say this, Jeff. You say this. This is kind of like one of your things. See what the team is telling you. And I've yeah. repeated that a lot. The team is telling me despite the fact they're not on the field, the team is telling me they are confident in J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards being ready because they drafted Tyler Batty, who's basically Justice Hill, you even said so, and did nothing else. They're telling me Dobbins, oh, well, D- D- Mike Davis. Whatever. Mike Davis, they're, but yeah, it's Mike they, Davis. They did nothing else. They did nothing else by yeah. bringing in Mike Davis. So the only thing with Dobbins and Edwards is in this backfield is you know your ceiling for the running back even with a 65% workload is probably 1100 yards. It's probably 240, 50 carries because there's going to be some of it split and Lamar Jackson's taking a hell of a lot of it. You're touchdown reliant. Is there too much risk with JK Dobbins right now? If he's going inside the top 16 running backs? Absolutely. 100%. And you know, the, the rebuttal and this just shows uh, you know how a lot of where a lot of people think for fantasy purposes is the rebuttal is going to be Mark Ingram 2019. Mark Ingram was off the charts efficient in 2019. That efficiency is not normal. I mean, it's within the realm of possibility, obviously, because it happened, but it's not normal. Normal efficiency for, yeah, what 200 carries roughly and, and just over a thousand yards, right? So, normal so efficiency is what six touchdowns probably on that somewhere around there. I mean, to be fair, and he had 10. 
And he also had five receiving touchdowns on 26 catches. That's not normal either. So you can point to that all you want, but it's, it's not realistic. And if we're going to operate in that like video game state, you know, where we think all of this stuff is possible, this dream state, we're, we're not going to draft very well. And yet you're, you're right. You're putting yourself in a bad position. I think he should be outside of the top 20. He's still an RB two, no doubt about it. And I love the kid, but there is a very real cap, even in an ultra run heavy offense on his fantasy mm-hmm. upside. Yeah, I have him for one of the highest touchdown rates of all running backs, but I still check him in with just a thousand yards and 10 rushing touchdowns, one receiving, which for me, that puts him even behind Aaron Jones. And I love, let's be clear, I love J.K. Dobbins as the player, but that puts him at 18 for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, so, I'm lower on touchdown efficiency, yards, everything. I have 193 and a half carries. I'm looking at the projections at FTNFantasy.com right now. Mm-hmm. 848, 849 yards, eight rushing touchdowns, 27 catches, 215, and a receiving score. Uh, you know, the five receiving scores on on that for Mark Ingram was insane. It's it was normally one or two touchdowns on that. The biggest difference is you, I think that's we just share. I have them for 212 carries. You had you said for 180, 193 and a half, 193. Yeah, so about 20 carry difference. So you're probably just and, giving Gus a little bit less. I'm giving Gus a little bit more, but yeah. you know, it's still that's the Which, range. That was gonna be my follow up question. Yeah. Is Gus Edwards one of the best middle round picks right now? I don't think. Like, so. Is there a like, world where he's the lead guy? I don't think so. I really like, don't. I, okay. I, I mean, for me, if you're talking middle round and like I can also get like right now, you can get guys like Damian Harris in the middle rounds. I'd rather get Damian Harris. Nobody wants you can get Clyde Edwards Alaire in like the sixth round, which is silly because everybody here, Ronald Jones, let's put him on the list with Damian Williams and Marlon Mack, Ronald Jones, Jordan Howard's on that list because I'm sure if Jordan Howard came back right now, everybody'd be all in on him. Uh (laughs) Clyde Edwards is free. Um, Miles Sanders is really cheap right now. And he's coming off of one of his best years that he did nothing in. And the nothing was obviously the touchdowns, but the efficiency was off the charts. He had more runs of 15 plus than he's, than he's had since, you know, his first year. I mean, it was really good last year. He just didn't score any touchdowns. And we know where, you know, we, we know where regression works. It can work. Uh, the mean can, you can go up to the mean as well. I know people hate that positive regression, but that's just not an understanding what the term regression means. He can move upward to that average as well. So, you know, I, I, I'm not in on Gus. Like, I feel like you're going to be in a lot of situations where if you had to start him, you, you'd probably be pretty disappointed by the production. Okay. So let's talk about the passing game. And we, Look, we know Mark Andrews at this point. So the question comes down to is they traded away Marquise Brown. The fantasy and draft Twitter combined loves some Rashad Bateman. Love, 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 love some Rashad Bateman. I have Lamar Jackson and this team throw combined because I do have Huntley taking like 1% just for injury's sake. But 510 pass attempts. Of those, 120 go to Mark Andrews and 119 go to Rashad Bateman, at least in my projections of the breakdown. There's 65 for Duvernay. There's 44 targets for Proche. Uh, there's 22 for Wallace. And, like, Kai Polk gets, like, seven. Like, that's just, you know, you know how projections work. <laughs> the point being is when you work this all backwards, Bateman falls just short in mine of 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns, but that checks him inside the top 25. Is that the ceiling? And is it a, the bubble about to burst on the hype for Rashad Bateman? Or is there potentially even more because the fit, as we talked about a few weeks ago, might be even a little bit better for Lamar Jackson than Marquise Brown was? I think it's probably the latter. Uh, the hype is there. We'll see if the masses catch up when they start to wake up You know, next month, if they catch up on Rashad yeah. Bateman. But I, I think those are reasonable projections. I'm maybe even a little lighter than you are because I guess I'm giving Prochet a little bit more credit. I'm at okay. 40, 47 targets. It's not like it's a lot, but that's the, that's definitely the, the question mark, though. How much does actually go to Duvernay and Prochet? And I guess the other question mark, and this is something I just finished on Monday. I finished writing the draft guide for FTN. It'll be released next Monday on the 27th. If you want to sign up, promo code RATPACK gets you 20% off so you can get it when it's released on the 27th. But I speculated that Will Fuller could be a guy they look at see that you know that he has i'm not the first person i didn't in, you know, invent sliced bread on this one but Who's Fuller's your source? out there and you could say all right so he was initially linked to the packers that's not going to happen they drafted 
three wide receivers. It's not going to happen. So there are very few teams left that actually could use Fuller's services. And I do think Fuller is signed. It's not like he's 33, 34, 35 years old. He's 28. Granted, we haven't seen a good season out of him, you know, really in over two years here. But he could step into that field stretcher role, which, you know, I guess you could ask Bateman to do some of that, but you don't have the same type of skill set as you did in Marquise Brown, where Fuller could could do that. And that would really change the the calculus yes. in this in this group if something like that happened. So I'm not quite convinced they're done at the position. We'll have to see what they do as we get it closer to training camp. Let's do a little like just if. Let's say they were done. Let's okay. say, or even let's say the addition is not even Will Fuller. It's an also ran of wide receivers. If that's how we are going into week one, Rashad Bateman or Terry McLaurin? McLaurin. Okay. I'm just curious. Just because he's Carson been falling Wentz, quite a bit. Carson Wentz, for as bad of a season as that was, you know, I'm, I'm on record saying it's not a breakout year for Michael Pittman because he already broke out. Last year, he had yes. over 1,000 yards. He had 88 catches. I said he that in my breakout out. column for wide receivers. I'm right there with you, Jeff. He already broke out. So <laughs> Carson Wentz helped him break out. Then you can at least sustain wide receiver two production. Basically, where McLaren has been all along. I don't think it's going to get much better, but I would much you know, much rather just go that route because it's definitely more of the, the known commodity. Would you take Pittman over McLaurin? I know what you just said, but would you yes. take Pittman over McLaurin? Okay. Yes, Pittman. Just for everybody out there, for clarification. Yes. All right, let's see, Luke, you got, we got time. We got plenty of time for at least one more. We can see maybe if we can get two more, depending on how terrible, for fantasy purposes, the next team is. And, oh, we got the Buccaneers! We finally got them! Look, right. the thing's still listening. And knew we had to get them in before the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris Godwin. Hey, perfect timing. Also news today. Likely, there's been rumors, likely now to start on the pup is now the official update that came in recently. So, still, you know, whatever it might be. Let's just say worst case. Let's play the middle ground, Jeff. Let's say it's four. It's not two. It's not pup. It's four. He misses September. Mike Evans is Mike Evans. We just talked about Cameron Brait. Russell Gage. Is Russell Gage going to... Is he going to be the baby? I'm going to ask you the same question. Because everybody that you and I follow, pay attention to, seen talking, like this would be saying, like, if we went on the show right now and be like, everybody, Russell Gage is a sleeper. People would be like, no kidding. Everybody in the fantasy world is talking about that. But Russell Gage production has basically been DJ Moore to a lesser degree. He's just lacking the touchdowns. Is Tom Brady going to change that? And Russell Gage is potentially a game winner at the beginning of the season. Or is there potentially long term full season value for gauge because i don't think anybody is not on board of saying that russell gauge could win you september i think the question is is that all year long it's a good question um in the new injured reserve rule too it's four games so i i have to check though because i believe it used to be in the past if you put a player on injured reserve and in pre you know heading before the season technically started then that player had to stay on it all the rules shifted yeah, a little bit like but now it's four games remember it's four games not four weeks. The pup is six weeks, not six games. So, you know, whatever. Uh, Russell Gage, for most of his career, seemed like a lackluster, low upside slot receiver, number three guy, maybe even a number four guy. Last year, he was thrown into a very difficult situation where the team not only didn't have their long-term number one in Julio Jones, he was gone. Then they had the next man up, the guy who was supposed to be the guy, leave the team. And then we know how that has all worked out for Calvin Ridley. And he did a really nice job. He did a really nice job in the process. Sure, the touchdown production wasn't there. Guess what? His quarterback was Matt Ryan. Mm. Think about what. how many players do we have to have to figure this out? Julio Jones, touchdown production. I don't get it. Julio, Julio doesn't score touchdowns. Kyle Pitts, don't score touchdowns. What's the common denominator? It's <laughs> Matt Ryan. And I go back to Michael Pittman. Yes, I still would take he's Michael gonna, Pittman. He's going to have two touchdowns this year. <laughs> Please, no. Give me at least four. Um, but I think that's part of it. And, you know, that isn't an issue with Tom Brady, who had has had 40-plus passing touchdowns each last two years. Mike Evans has had 27 touchdown receptions from Tom Brady in the last two seasons. So that does help. But you bring up the most important point. Is it only in the beginning of the year? And how often do we fall prey to these guys who get off to a hot start? Mike Williams last year. Everybody was, Mike Williams, he's better than Keenan Allen. Well, he was in the first five weeks of the season, and then he came back to the pack. It does create opportunities where you could say, okay, it's trade bait, but 
doesn't everybody know that this is the situation? So I would say there is potential there. It also helps that there's no Gronkowski because I don't think all those targets just go to Cameron Braid. I think some of them then could also be funneled to Russell Gage. I have him at wide receiver 50. If we do, in fact, know that Godwin would miss the first six weeks, then Gage is going to have to move up much closer to wide receiver three territory. I won't be that much more bullish on him than that range, but um, he's going to have to move up because that production is going to be solid as the number two receiver in that offense. Yeah, I agree with you. And you remember last year, too, that that beginning stretch run was DJ Moore, too. DJ Moore and Mike Williams, people were like, oh, I'm not even trading him for Jonathan Taylor. They're so damn good. They're going to be like the new Cooper. It's just like, wow. I remember Every year. Every year. Like people were running away with it. They were putting their championship trophies up if they had both of them at the end of September. They're like, "We, we won this thing. I just remembering some of the people that wouldn't trade them for the world. That backfield, we've already covered the draft, but any additional, like, uh, we, we kind of did that. Fournette slash Rashad White, one of the best backups. Potential bi-week value with Rashad White if you're desperate, but, yeah, I mean, one of the best backups. That's all we're looking at with White, right? Well, yes. Um, something I said on my XM show today is if you draft Leonard Fournette as you're drafting, go down your board, and wherever you have Rashad White, just move him up like a round or round and a half just to make sure – that you then get him, and then when you get him, and it's week four, and you want to drop him because Leonard Fournette is just fine and you need the spot, don't do it. Don't do it. Commit to the damn (laughs) cuff because Leonard Fournette gets hurt during the fantasy playoffs basically every year, and you're going to need him, and it's such a valuable spot. Fournette is – I'm in on Fournette, but I'm also a realist here. So, yeah, you absolutely need a cuff. And I love me some Rashad White. And I also love him, you dynasty folks. I love him for the future. He's such a complete back. So exciting. It's a good pick. I mean, we just have – obviously, they're going to have a looming question at quarterback for the future. But Rashad White at least uh, gives them plenty of juice out of the backfield. Yep, definitely. Same page there. Let's see what we get on the way out with about four minutes to go. We get – oh, I thought it was going to stop with the Texans after all that. We get the Saints to close things out. Saints – uh, the backfield remains to be seen. There's the whether or not Kamara suspended for how long. The backfield. I'll ask the one thing I will say about this: if suspended, Mark Ingram at this point of his career looking shaky. Interest in Abram Smith? Yes or no? I don't think Kamara suspended this season because his initial hearing doesn't take place until August. Uh, right. That's his initial hearing. It was supposed to take place in April. This is how slow the legal process plays out. And the NFL is going to wait on this one. So, but no, not much interest. I would just fade the backfield outright. Hopefully he's suspended for like two games. People freak out. He's like a third round pick and we just scoop him at value all day long. (laughs) But even as a second round guy, I'm actually in on taking Kamara. Okay. So let's talk about the wide receivers. Jameis Winston last year. Interestingly enough, if you watched him play, so this is another one where like watching statistics might not tell you the entire picture because people will say, well, the completion percentage for Jameis Winston went down. But if you watched him play, he was playing smarter football. Some of those were throwaways that were previously interceptions. Some of those were let's survive for another day, and then he threw a touchdown or threw a complete. So Jameis Winston was playing better football despite the completion percentage going down. But the big question we have here is not Jameis Winston. The big question we have here is what is Michael Thomas with still, by the way, crossing yet another? Is he running a 1,000-meter hurdle race or something? Like how many hurdles does freaking Michael Thomas have to cover here that he's still crossing hurdles? That being said, there was a ton of excitement for Chris Olave after the draft, but then Jarvis Landry comes in. This is potentially a giant mess. How are you parsing through this as of today, Jeff? In the world of track and field, we call that the steeplechase, uh, Jake. That, that's what that is. The long distance with hurdles and a water pit, because why wouldn't you have a water pit? Um, Michael Thomas is the one that goes to get, and he trips and then falls, falls smack. Does a cannonball in it, and yeah, and he's like crawling out. It, like, Guys are just jumping over him. Um, if you fool us once, all right, fine. You know, shame on on you. But I, I don't want to be fooled again here. Shame on us if we're fooled again by this. Last year, there were literally people still in week eight saying, well, you know, I have Michael Thomas, though, too. Like, I got Michael Thomas on my bench. So, you know, when he comes back. And he never came back. You wasted a bench spot. You wasted a draft uh, spot. Now, if he is not back in camp, we should take that as a very ominous sign 
Dennis Allen will not give us a timetable here. And I tell you what, Jake, I don't like Jarvis Landry with Thomas, but if Thomas is not there, Jarvis can still ball. And Jameis is going to get the guy who can ball the football. Like, I love Olave, don't get me wrong, but Jarvis could be very high volume in this offense if Thomas is not on the field. Let's say there's no Thomas. Is there a world where Olave and Landry both finish in the side of the top 36? I think so. I, you know, last year, not we didn't see high passing volume out of Winston, but we did see. I mean, remember week one, he was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks in the league. We saw the high ceiling. I think if you know that wasn't really because of Winston, it was because literally they had nobody to throw the football to. You yeah. know, they had their number four and number five receivers as their number one and number two receivers. And and not and to knock both- them, they are number four and number five receivers. They're good players. They're just not standouts. And now they would actually like Jarvis, a legit strong you know one of the better receivers of his generation from the standpoint of what he does and he can still go out there and play you know really good quality target and then the best route runner in this year's class who has speed and athleticism i think he is going to throw more and yes i do think that's a very real possibility um i would bank on alave maybe slightly more than jarvis but you know jarvis could prove to be a really good value if thomas does not play yeah and i'm with you on that what i was about to say is and with smith and callaway they're essentially discount Mike Wallace's and they're very go downfield. But where I'll compare it to real quickly as we get out of here is the Cam Newton deficiencies that they were created by this team drafting different styles because Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin were big bodies. They weren't really where the deep threats, but they were the same type of player. And it was like, well, Smith and Callaway, same type of player. But how do you get somebody who struggles with accuracy like Cam, like Jameis, like Josh Allen at the beginning of his career? You get route runners who know how to get open. So that's why I'm with you. I am bullish potentially because at the price of Landry right now, there's only really upside. Worst case scenario, you drop him in week three because Michael Thomas is actually out there. But God forbid, if there is no Michael Thomas, I'm with you on this. I love both of them. If you want more great information from Jeff, please, FTN, his draft kit, 27th, midnight or like during the day? Just so like because oh, like, I know. Like people... 8 a.m. Eastern, something like that. Okay, yeah. so there you go. Wait by your computers, 27th. <laughs> He'll be out from Jeff Ratcliffe at FTN. Code Alex. I usually say all in rat pack. Give it to him. It's his draft kit special. So over at the athletic.com slash bets TV, all capitals. You can get my stuff for a first free month over there. So there you go. No excuse not to draft well and do well this year. We'll be back next week with Meany. We love you guys. Have fun. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.